Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with David. I am your host, David Owasi. And on this podcast, we are talking to accomplished professionals and entrepreneurs across the country. We are learning about what keeps them passionate, what keeps them going. And we're also talking about some of the lessons learned along the way. Now, I'm here with my friend, Cheyenne Penn. Uh, Cheyenne Penn, right? And uh, I've known her for a couple of years now. Uh, we've uh, we go way back. Why don't you introduce yourself, Cheyenne? Yeah, thanks, David. Um, basically, we, we met through College Pro and it's been a few years, but I kind of found my way into marketing and that's, I own a marketing business now and that's what I do. Excellent, Cheyenne. And I'm very, very excited about our conversations today. I'm excited to talk to you about marketing, talk to you about your entrepreneurship journey. But let's start from there, your entrepreneurship journey. You and I met in College Pro. You were one of those people who had a very strong first day in business uh, that set records. But uh, tell me about your interest in, in entrepreneurship. Why were you interested in running your own business in the first place? Yeah, um, I wasn't at first. I actually got accepted into university for biomedical sciences. And I 100% thought I would be a dermatologist at this point. <laughs> um, but basically how it all came about was my brother ran a franchise before me. And um, I had done some marketing for him in the past, but then in, I think it was his third year, him and another franchisee had asked me to hire and, and train a marketing team. And that would be like my team. And that was really cool. It was the first time I realized that actually, I think I have like a real passion for like hiring and training and building teams. So yeah, that, that was really mind blowing. I was in high school at the time. And then when I came to making my decision about university, it just came really naturally. And then I decided in my first year, since I chose business that like, okay, I need to figure out if this is what I really want to do, because if not, I got to switch back into science really quickly. Absolutely. Wow. What a fantastic story. So almost like uh, your brother was the one who almost paved the way into entrepreneurship for you. And then you discovered that it was something that you loved. And now you're kind of, you're Indian now, you're, you're a business owner. And we'll talk about your current business in a moment. But, you know, your, your first day in business, what was that like for you? What was that experience? And the reason why I ask this question, Cheyenne, is, you know, some of our listeners might be thinking, well, you know, maybe I'm thinking of doing this entrepreneurship thing. I want to run my own first business. And they're not sure what to expect in that first year. What was that like for you? Uh, it was stressful. It was hard. But it was also really rewarding. Um, I think I've learned a lot about myself and, like, what makes me tick. And... Um, about leadership as well and customer service. So it's definitely a hard path to go on that first year, but it is super rewarding. Like there are lessons that I learned in that first year that I still use every day. Absolutely. And look, and just can you, if you can explain or just expand on that, what kind of lessons do you think were some of the ones that stick out or, or comes to mind for you from your first year? That's a good question. Um, I think there's probably like, like a few big ones. Um, I think the biggest one was realizing that conflict resolution is is necessary. <laughs> like con a business without conflict isn't a business. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is like, if you're constantly avoiding it, you're avoiding those hard conversations. And that's when the problems, uh, the really big problems come up. And I was always taught like through my family, like if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it. 
Um, which is a really good value, but that like really instilled in me, like, okay, let's avoid conflict in general. And then I realized like, okay, with customers, you're going to get into conflicts and with, um, with employees, you're also going to get into conflict and that's not a bad thing. You just have to know how to handle it properly. Mm. Um, so that was a big piece for me. And then I think another big piece was like learning to strive for progress and not perfection because you can have like the best plan you can know everything and you can come into being it you can come into it being like yeah I'm going to be perfect and just at the end of the day like that's not the case and that's all right but the most important thing is like your week to week you are progressing and with that it's like adaptability like you have to be okay with knowing how to adapt and um, kind of rolling with the punches a little bit so yeah, I'd say like those were probably the top three. Absolutely, and I think those are fantastic uh, answers and uh, and highlights or, or learnings from your first year. Uh, I think the first one, conflict resolution, is a huge one. As soon as money starts to change hands <laughs> and promises have starts to be made, uh, whether that's with uh, employees or with customer, which was the example from your situation. Uh, things start to come up where you have to solve them, whether that's you know, someone not satisfied with the level of service they got, or you know, uh, so your, your employee's not happy with something. And then, you know, that that you know, that means you have to solve those conflicts. Um, and then the second uh, thing you gave was, uh, I think it was being adaptable and uh, rolling with the punches you, you said, and, and uh, not striving for perfection yet. That, that was well put together because uh, at the end of the day, you know, a business can be messy sometimes, especially in, in the first initial days. And uh, from my own personal experience as well, I definitely identify with not, you know, uh, striving for perfection. It's okay to have perfection goals, but understand that, you know, sometimes, most times you won't get there, but you want to get as close as possible. Um, yeah. So Cheyenne, another question for you I have here is what would you say was your biggest highlight? So what was the thing that, you know, kind of brings a smile to your face when you think about your first year of business? Because I'm sure not everything was all bad and messy and horrible. I'm sure there were some good highlights. What was that like for you? Um, I think seeing like, the, the team bonding and coming together was really cool. Like not only on the franchisee level of like the culture that we had, but even just like between the staff and seeing like marketers um, like really want to help the painters and the painters wanting to help the marketers. So it was cool to see like, okay, the hiring decisions I've made weren't all bad. At least these people get along. And that, that, that sense of community was really cool to see. So I think that was like my favorite part of my first year. That's awesome. I remember uh, a lot of times with my own team as well, I had a similar kind of experience where, you know, we uh, would go out for wings and, you know, kind of just go out for, uh, you know, just to just hang out after a good day of work. And that bonded my employees better and made everyone feel even more uh, productive the next day because uh, there was some camaraderie going. And I think I, I definitely agree with that. Now, uh, Cheyenne, you currently uh, have your own marketing company, Compass Media. Can you just share more information about how this happened, what, you know, how you got to this point where you started a marketing company and why marketing is something that is of interest to you? <laughs> yeah, so after I had, um, I moved into business coaching in my last year of College Pro and that was like, that was when I really figured out, okay, giving, being a coach is something that I want to do in in the future and 
just timing wise, I, I felt like I first needed to do some traveling and just relax and unwind for a little bit. And something that kind of came in unexpectedly was uh, I, I did the whole backpacking thing. I worked, I worked in hostels. I worked at a bar. I ran bike tours and that was really cool, but it was like, from there, I, I started talking with business owners and understanding how the, the struggles in their businesses were. Um, and then I realized like, okay, this is obviously something that I keep coming back to is helping business owners through, through struggle, even like when I'm supposed to be on vacation. <laughs> and then, so when I came back because of the pandemic, it was like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do next? And, um, I realized like, okay, everybody needs to move to digital marketing. And I felt like marketing is something that has always come naturally to me. And this could be a way that I can help business owners through this time. Um, at the time, I didn't really think much of it in terms of long-term. I was just like, well, I, I think this is a good next step for me, but now it's kind of turned into more of a long-term plan. Excellent. And uh, I know, and I think that's a very cool story in terms of uh, you traveling and backpacking and sort of experiencing the world in that way. Not a lot of people have the opportunity to experience that. I wish I could have experienced that, but I can live vicariously through you and hearing your story. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so much fun. It's just like you wake up every day not knowing what where you're going to be, what's going on. Uh, so it's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So in terms of marketing now, you know, we're in a pandemic right now and, you know, that's sort of top of mind right now for everybody. But uh, it makes natural sense to think that marketing now has to move online because of the limitations uh, that the pandemic has brought. But why should people really consider, you know, online marketing as a next stage for building their business? Why is that important? Why should they consider that moving forward? Yeah, I think like the big thing is, is those old school forms of marketing still work. That's why they're they're still around. But a big thing is, is it's inconsistent, it's unpredictable. And so with any kind of marketing plan, a good plan is to diversify it. And I think if you leave the online side out of it, it can be really detrimental to your business because it's not working at full capacity. Um, because if you think about like how much the average person spends online in a day, if you're not like taking some of that attention, someone else is. Sure, totally makes sense. And uh, even more so now moving forward, people are even going to be spending more and more time online as access to other human beings have been cut off because of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, so based on your conversations with, with businesses you've been working with, what would you say are some of the struggles uh, of uh, businesses pivoting or moving their marketing to online? Is there some sort of disconnected struggles uh, that you're experiencing so far from other business owners? Yeah, I think some of it is like on just the technological end. Like a lot of people, a lot of the business owners I work with have never uh, had to be very tech savvy. Mm. And so I handle a lot of that for them, but at the same time, it does require them to like have some basic knowledge. Um, and I think that's just been a little bit of a tough transition for some people. And um, I think also it's just like, it starts to poke holes in like their sales processes and um, their fulfillment side of things of realizing like, okay, there's a bit of a disconnect. Um, if I, as the business owner, isn't the person like bringing them through the sales process the whole way through and they need to really think about that. 
sure for sure and now i know facebook marketing is something that is uh you consider yourself an expert in facebook ads and things like that what kind of platforms should people be thinking about when they're thinking of you know getting their business online into people's faces is facebook the, the biggest one to think about or are there other options or is it a little bit of everything or what would your recommendation be for where a business owner should focus their attention for marketing yeah i think facebook is a great place because essentially CPM is cost per thousand impressions. So how much it costs to show your ad to a thousand people. And um, Facebook and Instagram have the lowest cost per thousand impressions, which means that you can scale it up really quickly. You can do a lot of testing really quickly. So if that's going to be, if you're thinking about moving into online marketing, I think Facebook and Instagram is probably the most cost-effective way. and the smartest way to do it when you're first beginning because there's just a, there's also just a huge audience there. Mm. Um, platforms like Google and YouTube are just a lot more expensive, a bit more of a long-term game, and it's nice to have a foundation first. Mm, for sure. And uh, based on your experience, you know, working with other business owners, what, what are the typical big mistakes that businesses will make if they're trying to navigate and do all of this online thing themselves, online marketing? What are some of the biggest pitfalls that people are prone to make? Uh, yeah, that like not knowing who they want as a customer. Like you have to have a very clear idea of who your ideal client is because at, like you could push it out to just everybody, but you're going to be wasting a lot of money. And that's when you see that people kind of get burned on, on that end. Um, and then I think another big thing is just not knowing how to nurture the lead and it's really important to make sure that like, I think even with cold calling, like a big thing that we learned with college pro is like, you need to be on it with calling them within 24 hours. And with digital marketing, it's even more important that you catch them within a certain amount of time because the internet moves quickly. If you don't service them, they can easily go find your competition very easily. I, I, I want to bring that back attention to the first point you made as a response to that answer. You mentioned the fact that you want to be able to identify who you want as a customer. What does that process look like? I know you and I have worked together and you asked me some very good questions on how to just narrow things down. But how should someone who is approaching online marketing start to really answer this question for themselves and for their business? What should they be thinking about when it comes to their customer online? Yeah, I think looking at um, your previous clients and like commonalities between them. So if, if they are all living within like a certain area of your city or if they're all working in a certain industry, um, certain age range, so de demographic wise, oops, sorry. <laughs> but then also um, looking at potential markets that you want to move into. And a lot of it comes down to testing out different markets and testing at different interests and things like that. But having a very kind of rough overview can help you in the beginning. Sure, for sure. And you also talked about nurturing leads and I know you touched it on it in your answer, but uh, what would that look like in a practical sense? What does nurturing your leads uh, look like to a business owner who has a marketing campaign launched and then they have all these leads coming? How do you go about nurturing them? Um, creating a streamlined process is really important. So ideally something that's not going to take up a lot of your time. So in my business, we do a lot of it through automations at the beginning, just to move them from a lead to like a booking. Um, and 
don't be discouraged by people not responding. Like I'm one of those people where you can message me like five times and I probably won't get back to you for another week sometimes. Um, but if you just like keep messaging me, eventually it's going to stick and I'm going to respond. And that's the thing with, um, with marketing. It's like, you need to have enough touch points in between. It usually takes about seven to eight touch points for a customer to make a decision or to take action. And ideally, if you're doing those touch points and you do it really quickly, you move from a lead to a sale a lot faster. Mm, for sure. And uh, there's always a talk about having a sales funnel, which is having all of these different ways to get a leads. But what would your definition be of sales funnel for someone who doesn't understand what that term is? How would you define what a sales funnel is? Yeah, so a sales funnel is kind of like uh, it's the shape of a funnel. <laughs> so <laughs> you start out like super general. Your first step is like your ads. You're spending money and just kind of putting the word out there. No leads yet. And then it kind of gets smaller and smaller until you get down to the sales part. So you can design your sales funnel to be super basic, to just go from like an ad to a simple follow-up email to a booking. Um, that's a funnel. I think a lot of people overcomplicate it, but it, and you can make it super complicated. But at the end of the day, if you're just kind of starting out, there's just think about it foundationally of like, okay, what is the process? And then how can I put systems in place to make sure they go through this very easily? Mm, for sure. Makes sense. Now, uh, a lot of the things you've shared uh, these are, you know, expertise that you've spent time learning and, and working on, whether that's through your own personal experience with your own business to working with other businesses. And I've seen some of the results uh, based on some of your posting with your clients. But for someone who is like, I want to do this by myself. I don't want to hire an expert. I can figure this out myself. And, you know, for the most part, a lot of these things you can learn by trying and error, by searching, Googling and listening to other experts. But why should actually someone consider hiring an expert like yourself to handle the marketing for their small business? Uh, yeah, no, that's a really good question. It's a question I get asked all the time. Uh, a lot of it is in the interest of time of like, this is like my full-time job. And I, I, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, yes, I have several clients but at the same time, even do, putting up one account is a lot of time invested. And as the business owner, it's that 80-20 rule wherever you spent 20% of your time is where you're going to see 80% of your results. So um, kind of offloading the things that you can and delegating it to somebody who's an expert and can get your results quickly is huge. And I think a lot of people also don't realize that like with marketers, usually they're working within like one or two industries so that they can be an expert in those industries. And when that happens, I can be tested like, five accounts in that industry rather than just on one account. So that way I can learn quicker and take that learning and apply it into your business. Whereas with your business, you're, you're only testing on one account and that takes a little longer and yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's a very good point to make because you're almost combining all of the resources and time you spend learning what works, what doesn't work based on life tries you've done with different clients or even your own business yourself and then 
paying you is kind of maximizing all of those experiences and taking advantage of it. And that makes sense uh, for business. Yeah, thanks uh, for answering all those questions. Is there anything else about you know business marketing, online marketing that I didn't touch on that, that you think is important for you know our listeners to hear about as they try to you know perhaps launch their own business online? Uh, no, I think you hit a lot of good points. I think like the big thing is, is like just not to get discouraged at the beginning if you're, if you are trying to run ads for yourself. Um, the first like three months is usually testing. And from there, that's when you start to have enough data and understanding of what's going on in the market to be able to uh, really scale it up. And mm. it just takes time and patience. Right. I guess you would consider online marketing to be more of like a, a long-term game, right? It's not something that you're looking for immediate results. I mean, if it comes, that's awesome. But I didn't know that you're saying it's sort of a long-term play and a long-term strategy, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you'll see results um, at the beginning as well. They just might not be as consistent and your leads might not be as cheap as you want them to be in the beginning. Hmm. Um, but then once you collect all that data, you can even go lower than like what you had expected in terms of cost per lead and while still maintaining the quality. For sure. And for a business that is kind of starting out and growing and starting to bring in revenue, what would you say is a reasonable percentage in terms of spend for marketing, online marketing? What should be sort of a, a good target or a good range that a business should be realistically expecting to spend uh, on marketing campaigns? I know that's a yeah. tough question, but I uh, just give my, give business owners an idea of what to expect. Some people think, oh, I just got to spend like the very barest minimum and like, you no know, pay whatever, uh, and a thousand bucks a month or whatever it is. But I'm just trying to get a sense of what a good amount should be uh, for, for a business to spend. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good question because it's at the end of the day, you want to be looking at um like your goals. So where you are currently and where you want to be and what that gap is and um, be ready to just make an investment on that and make sure that you're keeping an eye on it to, to make sure you're getting an ROI and not just like dumping your money away. Um, so based on your goal, I think around anywhere from like five to 10%, depending on how aggressive the goal is and also what industry you're on is a safe bet to invest into your marketing. Hmm, for sure, that totally makes sense. And yeah. uh, and I know you've mentioned about, you know, you have some sort of niche in different industries. Uh, I'm just curious, what kind of industries have you been more involved in and been working on? And, and what have you learned based on, on those niches you've been focusing on? Yeah, um, I so I started out with people in my network and that happened to be a lot of trades owners because of College Pro. Hmm. And that was really fun uh, to understand like, okay, now that I'm taking some I used to call, call for into the online world. It was um, writing the ad copies was a little bit, took a little bit of time for me to figure out how to do, um, but it was great learning and I still have a lot of those clients. And then from there, I started to move into the beauty industry. So now I work with uh, primarily med spas and permanent makeup artists. And it was a really big challenge at first, because if you think about like, if I'm going to let somebody tattoo my face, I better trust them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that was when I really started to figure out, okay, like writing ad copy and how to attract the correct customers is super important and knowing the ideal client. And then from there, like how to nurture leads came really naturally because it was like, there's no way we can move somebody 
to get like a tattoo on their face <laughs> with just off of a, an ad. There has to be some touch points in between. And usually with primarily permanent makeup artists, it's just them as the business and um, they don't have the time to do all these follow-ups. So that's where I came up with like the automation system and having a CRM and learning more about what follow-up, good follow-up is. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, on the flip side of my questions, if someone is listening to this conversation and they're thinking, I am passionate about marketing, I've had some experience in online marketing, I wanna be like Cheyenne, what should be their first step in approaching you know, being a marketing expert like you are, or at least how did you kind of get to where you are today? Yeah, um, find a mentor. <laughs> so find a mentor and see how they're running it and figure out how to get your prospecting down. Um, I think it's like one step at a time. You kind of, like with any of any business, you, you do need to figure out fulfillment, but at the end of the day, you can have the best plan in terms of like how to fulfill these clients. Um, but if you don't have the clients to begin with, you don't have a platform to work on. And so dialing in your prospecting methods, whatever that looks like for you is probably going to be the number one thing. And so, yeah, there's that. And then I think also just don't get discouraged because it's a really competitive market. And um, just know that like, the more you have exposure and you're just having conversations with people and you genuinely want to help business owners, that authenticity is going to come through and people are going to resonate more with you than with others. And so it just, it's a competitive market and you kind of have to deal with that. Absolutely. Well, thanks for all your insight into the world of marketing. I think that's a pretty cool uh, uh, knowledge there. I, I want to make a, a little bit of a pivot in our conversation here, Cheyenne. And uh, I was looking to talk about the role of soft skills and emotional intelligence uh, in career success. Now, just from knowing you and from hearing you now and all of our previous conversation and even our experience with college for being you know, franchise owners uh, back then, uh, soft skills was an area that, you know, really I felt that we were privileged to have a lot of executive coaching and, uh, you know, sessions to kind of grow our soft skills. Because on one end, you know, there's the hard skills, whether I you know how to paint a house or whether it's, you know, uh, you know doing, uh, doing tattoos on people's faces or uh, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a lateral skill of soft skill that is very key in career success. I'm very curious to hear about what your thoughts are on the place of you know, this kind of skills in career success based on your own personal experience. Yeah, I think that's probably like one of the most valuable things we got to take away from College Pro because um, you can have like the best idea in the world. You can have the best product or service in the world, but if you don't know how to communicate that to people um, or work with people in general, you're only gonna get so far. You can only do so much as one person so no matter what, you're going to be working with clients or in a team in some way. And, and actually like with, with uh, soft skills, like one thing that my coach brought to my attention was like, I laugh in uncomfortable situations. And a lot of those times was like during my sales process. And wow. he wasn't sure if he, would, he wanted to tell me that, but he did. And I'm so glad he did because when I just made that like small change in the way that I presented myself to people, I found that uh, people took me more seriously. I, I had more confidence when I was presenting things. Um, even though that took a little bit to break that habit, it 
it definitely like was the feedback I needed. Very cool. And Cheyenne, what I think about emotional intelligence, um, I always think about you know, three things uh, in terms of core competencies. I think about self-awareness, right? Uh, and self-awareness is all about understanding uh, who you are, understanding what you're feeling and why you're feeling what you're feeling. And I feel like for any sort of personal growth or development, um, it comes from a place of self-awareness where you're able to identify almost like see yourself as a person but also be detached in some way from yourself as a person to look at yourself objectively so basically like just like the example you gave right now is you know someone said oh you always laugh in an uncomfortable situation for you to be able to act on that advice you have to like almost detach yourself and be like okay i guess i can see how that is and then when you're in a situation where you're almost trying to fall into that behavior, you're able to almost detach yourself and be like, okay, I'm not going to do that now or I'm going to catch myself doing that. But what are your thoughts on the skill of self-awareness? Do you think it's important? And, you know, how have you been able to grow your skills in, in awareness and improve that so far? Yeah, I think self-awareness is huge because um, it impacts the, like any event that you're going into. So whether that's a sales event, an interview or uh, whatever it is, you're, if you're bringing in all of that baggage and you're not aware of it, it might impact the, your delivery of things or um, your perspective of things and you might not get the outcome that you want. So I think always having a pulse on like, how am I feeling? How is this going to affect what I'm doing right now is really important. And uh, yeah, emotional regulation is huge, especially I think like like given that even you're in coaching, if you walked into a coaching event with all of this uh, like emotion and your delivery on things might be a little bit more harsh and that person might not know how to take it. And that way they're not getting what they need in terms of like the service. Absolutely. And yeah, the second piece was your regulation and regulation is all about, you know, keeping toxic or negative emotions in check and being able to, you know, almost uh, check yourself out of the door before you enter any interaction uh, to make sure that whatever it is you're giving off, the vibes or the advice or the perspective is more consistent with the long-term goals you have for that specific situation. Uh, and I think uh, it was a very good point. Now, uh, Prior to this conversation, you and I were having some chat, and you know, you were sharing some of uh, some of some stories from uh, when you uh, left College Pro and some of your struggles with uh, you know, finding success uh, right off the back, and how you know that you know, how how that affected you from the place of dealing with um, failure after you initially found success. I'm not sure if I put it correctly, but are you open to sharing more information or more or on how you were feeling in that way in terms of dealing with, with failure and how it affects your other journey in life? I'm not sure if that makes sense how I explain it, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I think a big thing is like, when you're successful in anything, you start to put a lot of pressure on yourself to uh it comes back to that perfectionism thing of like you're you're like okay now like the world expects something from me whereas before nobody cared <laughs> um not to say that people care more now it's mm. just like you have that expectation of yourself of like okay i need to do it again i need to grow i need to constantly be moving mm. and then the second that kind of like drops a little bit that that transition curve that you go through is a little bit more intense um, and so a big learning for me was having to figure out like, okay, who am I as a person outside of my success? 
and learning how to like compartmentalize and detach myself from that because at the end of the day like I'm still a person I'm not just a business owner and um figuring out a solid why to fall back on because like I know we talk a lot about why in college pro but I never actually had a really solid why uh, for me it was just like a big discovery process and I think part of my journey through like these last few years was figuring out like okay like why am I doing the things I'm doing Absolutely. And I think that's a very good point to make, even as it relates to emotional intelligence, because uh, sometimes, you know, it's easy to wrap up our identity in things, whether it's a business or it's a, a grade in the university or approval from, you know, family, parents, whatever it is. And I think the skill of awareness, you know, is very key in being able to decipher and, you know, differentiate, okay, who am I as a person? And then who am I as a business owner? Who am I as a student? Who am I as a, you know, whatever it is that is important to you. But I also like the, the, the point you raised about asking yourself why, because at the end of the day, it's that's where it starts from. Uh, if you can have a, a strong understanding of why you're doing whatever you're doing, I think it truly makes a difference in how you approach life, how you deal with failure, how you deal with challenges, because you have a strong why underlying uh, all of your actions. But for yourself, you know, and you know, this is a trick question. I'm not sure how you approach it, but feel free to take it as you feel, as you, as you see fit. But for someone who is struggling to find their why, so you know, they, they know they want to be a business person, a business owner, or they know they want to you know be an athlete an athlete so they want to be whatever it is how do you how do you walk through that process of unpacking your why because considering based on your example you know it's taking some time to really walk through that process of finding your why what was that process like for you and how can someone who is struggling to find their why how can they get there yeah i think um in my second year was when i realized like i don't have a solid why <laughs> um and then uh, so it came down to a conversation with my coach and I and he has explained to me uh, the six core needs of humans from like Tony Robbins. Um, are you aware of those ones? Uh, I'm not sure if it's related to the Abraham Maslow hierarchy of needs, but uh, go ahead and, and, and say that. Let's see if it's related to what I think it is. Yeah. So like there's certainty, which are um, so like these are six core needs that everybody needs, but uh, there's usually like two that really stand out for, for people. Um, so there's certainty, which are people who value stability and uh, want things to be more predictable. They feel, they feel more safe with that. And there's uncertainty, which is um, they need a lot of, these people need a lot of variety. That's something that they really value. There's growth, uh, which is, you know, constantly moving forward, growing. Mm -hmm. There is significance, which is you feel the need to kind of like feel special or unique. Um, and then there's also connection, so connection between people, and then contribution, which is feeling like you're adding to the community or adding to the world. Mm -hmm. And when he kind of broke it down for me like that, there were definitely like two that really stood out to me. And that was contribution and growth. And I realized like, okay, in where I am right now, um, those needs aren't being met, which is why I feel unfulfilled. And just that like awareness piece was huge for me and recognizing like what my top needs are. And that ultimately like motivated me to figure out like, okay, how am I going to meet these needs in my day-to-day -day life so that I do feel fulfilled? Cause mm -hmm. money doesn't do it, you know, significance doesn't do it. And um, I think the biggest piece is just like going out and trying new things. So like 
I tried business coaching. I went and traveled and tried a lot of just like random jobs. And um, yeah, it kind of like kept bringing me back to the same piece of growth and, and contribution, which then gave me the, the push I needed to make sure that I felt comfortable with moving forward with this marketing business. That's a fascinating, uh, fascinating insight there. I, I really like uh, the, those uh, six points. I think I've heard it before, but I've actually never really thought about it that much until now, which, you know, thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense uh, because those areas are, are very, very uh, key places to find your why. And then with the key, you know, with the skill of awareness, you're able to then understand what you want as it relates to, you know, some of those competencies and then you're able to, uh, uh, find your why, which no, I think is fascinating. Thanks for that insight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For sure. So the last piece of uh, our uh, of my conversation here with you uh, is, um, no, we're in a, we're in a pandemic. Um, actually, before we move into the pandemic, there was a, one last point on emotional intelligence I wanted to touch on, and that was on the, on the point of empathy. So empathy is uh, the ability to put yourself in the shoes of others and to be able to uh, understand what others are going going through and being able to adjust you know, or customize your response based on where they're coming from. And for me, as you, know, you and I, as business owners uh, from my college for days, I think I really was able to value this, this skill, being able to put myself in other people's shoes because it made life so much easier for me in my interaction with the customers who were pissed off or with my interaction with the employees who were unhappy about something. Sometimes, you know, everyone has issues they're going through. You know, we all have stuff going on in our head, but you know, I think it makes a massive difference when you're able to like just take a pause for a minute and kind of understand why is this person you know coming why, why are they saying what they're saying where are they coming from are they coming from a place of you know they've been hurt or they're angry or they're frustrated or whatever it is it doesn't mean that they're perfectly right all the time but just taking that moment to find where they're coming from truly could make a difference uh in that interaction what in your opinion is a place of empathy uh in you know business ownership and entrepreneurship as a whole and how has that affected how you've you know uh related to clients or customers in the past and moving forward yeah no that's a that's a really good point i think like empathy is probably the center of being a business owner um because when you think of like what a business is is like somebody is paying you to um, relieve some kind of pain for them. Like they have pain points and you're helping solve that for them. So if you are unable to empathize with somebody, the chances of them feeling like you're going to be able to solve it is very unlikely because at the end of the day, you are solving the problems for them. And um, so when it comes to empathy i think it's really important to listen and like understand what really what your customers are are going through and um explain to them that like you do understand it so not only just like internalizing it but like actually showing it and then and then matching a solution to it so yeah yeah Absolutely. Definitely agree with you. And yeah, it's the core piece of any business, really, because if you're not listening to your customers, then you're not meeting their needs and then they'll go find someone else who will meet their needs and you're, you're, you're losing that customer. And I think uh, what you mentioned there, you know, the skill of listening, active listening, I think is uh, the core piece of empathy, because if you're not listening and you're just kind of thinking of your response and what you're going to say to them, then you're going to be missing the central point. And for me, myself, actually, I struggle with that skill for a long time 
for listening. I always had a, a million things going on in my head that I wanted to talk about or you know, to kind of counter whatever they're saying. But I think until I started to really understand that it doesn't matter what I'm thinking right now. It doesn't matter whether I think I'm right or wrong or my next rebuttal to the answer. Just being present in that conversation, understanding what they're saying, internalizing it, acknowledging it. For me, that has solved so many problems, just listening and acknowledging the customer, whatever they're saying. I think that has been key. I don't know if you have any last points uh, on that topic before we move on. No, I think I'm good, but like you summed it up very well. It's, it's yeah, it's huge listening without listening to yourself and just like actually listening to somebody is, is key. For sure. So uh, moving back to those, well, okay, so moving on to the last piece of this conversation, it's almost 45 minutes. Wow. Uh, we've been talking for a while here, but um, again, we're in a pandemic, right? And this is affected, you know, everything we do from how we, you know, relate to our family, friends and, and colleagues and customers to how we, how we do everything. Uh, what would you say has been, um, how, have, how has a pandemic affected you personally and professionally and how are you adapting to this new change? Yeah. Um, at the beginning, I think it was challenging for me because I like my intention was just to like keep traveling and to just like not have that freedom anymore was a bit of a mind shift. But then and I was really negative about it for a while, actually. And then I realized that like, you know, whatever you choose to focus on becomes a reality. If you have like this belief that the world sucks and that things aren't going to get better, like you're just going to find little things in your day to validate that belief. And um, so I think that's been like a really big change for me. And then um, also just, I think I've been a lot more aware of like my daily habits and how that impacts my productivity, which I know like sounds a little bit <laughs> crazy, but it's like, you're in such a controlled environment. Like we're not really going out and doing things. Um, so you can really understand like, okay, when I do this, like the day before, this is how it impacts my productivity today. And uh, just kind of like going through that learning and being really aware of my personal habits. And um, yeah, was there, has been something cool that's come out of this. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I definitely uh, agree with some of the points you, you made there. Uh, you're going to get what you think, what you look at in the world. So if you think that things are horrible, and you know, things are, right? Uh, but it depends on how you, you, your mindset and how you, what you choose to look at, what you choose to pay attention to. Uh, those are some of the, and it just comes back to you in that way. Um, now, I'm curious in terms of performance, I know you made some point as to how uh, you observe certain things in your life and how it affects your performance. Uh, I've been very more curious, you know, in my line of questioning when I speak to high performance like yourself, uh, what are the secrets behind, you know, your sort of performance? And uh, as it comes to the pandemic, what would your advice be to someone who is struggling to maintain their levels of performance and maintain their levels of motivation? What are one or two things you've done that have worked for you that someone else, you know, you can advise for someone else to do who's struggling with performance? Yeah. Um... It's, it's like really not that as complicated. And I think it's like at our core, we all know it. It's just to like, make sure you're taking care of yourself. So like, for me, a big thing that um, I get caught up with is like screen time, like social media. It's, it's my job. And then if I'm on it afterwards too, it just like ruins my productivity for the next day, just because my mind is, is kind of been on the whole time. And then um, just having like, a daily routine. So I'm somebody who like, I hate routine, but having the structure, some structure in my day is a good thing where um, just 
to exercise in the morning has been big because at least I'm doing something that doesn't require too much like mental effort. Um, and it's something that's still challenging, but it wakes me up. And then from there, having I structure my day where I have, um, I do the hardest things in the morning and then throughout the day it gets easier and I get to do the things that I enjoy. So it, I, my energy levels actually continuously pick up instead of like, okay, I'm gonna do all the fun things first that I love and then I'm slowly going to just like come to the end of the day and and hate it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so Totally makes sense. And uh, also on that question here regarding performance, well, regarding the pandemic, I'm very curious about uh, what are your opinion is going to be changing over the next couple of years. So more like, you know, predictions or trends, if you will. What in your opinion is going to change or um, not change uh, as a result of this pandemic? The pandemic has definitely affected our behaviors in a long number of ways. And I know you can, you can put on your, your marketing expert hats to answer this question or just like general you know hat to answer this question but and there's no right or wrong answers to this but i'm just curious what what in your opinion is going to be changing or trending over the next couple of years as a result of this pandemic yeah i mean starting with marketing like i think it's going to be a lot more competitive you're going to need to i think if you haven't already just like moving into that now so that you do have a bit of a head start before everybody is on here um is going to be a big thing. And then I think just something that comes to mind is like university and, and education. The the way that it's going right now, I think they're going to have to really build a lot more value into it and kind of redeem themselves a little bit because right now like students are being charged full price um, as if they were going to like in, in person classes and doing their labs and things like that. And I just think a lot of the value, value has been now uh, like a lot of people are questioning it. Sure. Yeah, I definitely agree that the education system uh, will have to have a rethink, if you will. Uh, and I think maybe the competition, which is like, like your, you know, your Udemy courses or, you know, online courses, uh, those ones will be out there to gain more and more students, if you will, uh, for cheap. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with those, uh, with those thoughts. Now, uh, last question for you here. Any general ad advice or thoughts or, or comments or insights you have you'd want to share with our listeners? Um, no, I think to like sum it up is just like figure out your why, um, stay positive with it and make sure that you're still continuously progressing and moving forward and not going after perfection and just being okay with those things. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on to the show, Cheyenne. It's been so much fun having you on the show. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, David. <laughs>